I hesitated to put that word up at first because I know that when we talk about change, some people feel uncomfortable with that word. Some people take it as a, as a negative thing, and it really isn't, but I know that sometimes we can get uncomfortable with the word change. But God calls us to change, doesn't he? He calls us to become a new creation, calls us to repent, which is basically changing the way you think, right? He calls us to change, and part of change is growth. And I know that we've, we've all changed a lot from, from when we were children. Right? We've grown up at this point in our lives. And that process, that process of growth, it never ever ends. Uh, some of y'all are still putting on shoes and stuff. I got you. That process never stops. Not only does God expect us to grow, but what we're going to talk about tonight in the Bible, in the Bible God calls us to, to grow and to continue to grow in increasing measure. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. He says that when we continue to grow, or when we don't continuously grow, we kind of forget who we are. We kind of forget where we've come from. We kind of forget um, that we are new creations, that God has called us to a different life. We forget that we had our sins forgiven, and that we were able to now have a relationship with God. A do-over, if you will. Uh, no longer guilty of our past sins. That's an incredible thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have to talk to some of your friends or co-workers or family members. When uh, I talk to some of mine, I know people just have this guilty conscience um, for something that they did 15, 20 years ago. Uh, they, were, they were little kids and they're still guilty uh, about what happened. And so understanding the change that, that God gives us we get to put that behind us and continue to move forward. And so he calls us to change and to grow and to never stop doing it. I want to show you some things about with this. So right there, Marcia, my wife, was about seven months pregnant. And that's when we got our first glimpse of Madison. And for me, it makes me think, it, it makes me think about how God knows us and knew us before we were ever born. And he knew exactly what we would look like, and he knew exactly what we would be like, and he knew that he was going to call us to change, he was going to call us to grow, he was going to call us to continue to grow, um, and to do it in increasing measure, and use us in powerful, powerful ways. But he knew that even from this point, we needed to grow. Then I looked at us, when Madison was born, Madison was born a few weeks early. She was four pounds, 15 ounces when she was born. She was a little thing. But the doctor said, trust me, she's going to grow. Don't worry. And I think about us when we were first born. Remember when you were baptized? You were just a, a baby, baby Christian. You just came out of the waters of baptism. Probably looked a little bit like this, right? Probably looked something like that. You, but you were a newborn Christian. And you had a lot of growing to do. And so that's where God looks at us. And as we continue to grow, you're just, you're in your most, just remember your, your first few months as a Christian, there was nothing that could go wrong. You were just happy, go lucky, you go anywhere, anytime, it, it, it did not matter. You were just excited to know that God chose you and that you were going to do great things for him. 
And so you continue to grow. And then as you continue to grow, you started to look at people that you felt like, I could learn things from them and I want to imitate them. And I want to, I want to walk in their shoes and I want to follow their footsteps. And, you know, Madison at this age was always trying to jump into my shoes and do what I did and walk like I did. And, and we, we used to do that too. We used to look at other people and say, that's someone I want to be just like. And you used to spend time with them, you used to figure out how do they do the things that they do because you wanted to follow in their footsteps and you continue to grow. And as you continue to grow again, you would go anywhere. I, I used to see some of you in Half Mark at 11 o'clock at night just sharing your faith. <laughs> you bought a gallon of milk just so you could be in there, right? But you were, you were there to share your faith. And so you would do anything and you continue to grow in your relationship with God. You grew into a family. And you were excited about being a part of a family. Whether we called it a Bible talk, a mission group, a family group, whatever you want to call it, you knew that you were always part of a family and that, that was something that was important for you, that was something that was necessary for you. Are you still growing in that capacity? Do you still feel that way as you grow in your relationship with God? You started to go through some different things and you would have some, some funky attitudes that are here and there, right? You did. You were just, you're going through your stuff, but through it all, you continue to grow. And you fought through whatever it was that you were going through because you knew that God was on your side. And if God is on our side, then who can be? Who can do anything to me? Who can defeat me? You started to continue to grow, and in your growing, you became more and more confident in your relationship with God. You understood who your father was. And there was nothing that could stop you because you understood that. Your confidence in your faith continued to grow. You would continue to grow going anywhere. You would go train preaching. You would, you would, I mean, you just continue to grow and grow and grow closer to God and be more excited about this new life as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. When you fell down, you got back up, right? And so, no matter what happened, yeah, we knew we were going to get hurt, and things would happen, but it didn't stop us from continuing to look forward and continuing to grow in our relationship with God. Do you remember a time when you you had to take a step back and say, man, I didn't realize I've grown so much in God. And you couldn't have, maybe you were leading a Bible talk now, maybe you were in a, a different ministry, or you know, maybe you, you helped baptize somebody, and you just have to take a step back and, and just look at, look at what God has done with me. I don't deserve this. Why is he using me? And you realize how much you've grown in God, and you realize how much more growing you still have to do. And you were excited about it. It wasn't something that, that worried you in any way. You were excited about that. I just like that picture. I uh, as you continue to grow, no matter what was going on around you, you were confident in your relationship with God. No matter how big, no matter how small, whether it's at Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium, whether it's just on the corner of your block, your confidence in God, you continue to grow in your faith and trust 
that God is in control, no matter what the circumstances are around you. And you continue to grow to this day. And you continue to move forward with your family to this day. And you know that God is in control, and you're going to continue to march in that light, knowing that you've grown so much, and yet you still got a lot of grow, growing to do. And that's something for some of us that can scare us, and for others, that's something that's exciting, because that means that God has so much more to do with you if you let Him do it, if you allow Him to do so. If you turn, turn with me your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, the Apostle Peter, he's, he's talking to other disciples right now. And I can imagine that this group of people, they may have appeared to be complacent in where they were in life at that time. They may have been complacent, they may have been comfortable, they may have been in the same place spiritually, financially, socially, for us for some time. I don't know if you can relate to that. I know that I've been there. When you're just, you feel like you've just been here and you've been here for a minute. And you're not understanding why you're not growing and why you're not moving forward. Uh, some of them, uh, in not growing, may have become worldly in their attitudes. We have our, our friends who say that they just they just keep it real, right? They just speak they're just speaking the truth in love, and it's like no, you're being rude and disrespectful, right? But we don't we don't see it because we've been stuck in that place for some time now. But we're not realizing that that we're not growing in God. Then there there's that time when you may have stopped reading your Bible for some time, and you realize that. You know, maybe you're not growing in your, your biblical knowledge and in the, the fruits and the food that you get from, from reading the Bible. Um, some may have stopped being hospitable. Just stop inviting people over to their house. Just don't want to be bothered with y'all. I don't need y'all in my house. I'll, I'll call you, right? <laughs> and so, and you start to see the signs of us just not, just not growing. Yeah, or, or maybe it's not as obvious. Some of us, you know, we will come, the, the, I think Peter saw people who would come to church every single week without fail. They would go to their, their Bible class or their mission groups every time that people are having something. They would come to, to the devotionals every time that it's being scheduled. But in their hearts, they quit. And they just stop growing for some reason. You know, Madison, my daughter is eight years old now. And many of you have seen her grow since she was born. And, you know, as a dad, I look at her and I'm like, man, she's growing too fast. She's got to stop. And, um, but imagine, imagine if Madison stayed the same size as she is today and acted the way she acts today for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. Would anyone be concerned? Would anyone be like, Amari, can we talk? Right? Something, something. Are we that concerned when we spiritually do the exact same thing? And we got to see that we, we can be there. We can get there so easily. And of course, God is saying that he's calling us to go. And I think Peter started to, to see this in some, in some of the disciples that he was talking to. And so you look in 2 Peter chapter 1. 
And then we'll start in verse 3. And it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope we understood what Peter was saying here, because that was a lot. But in the end of all of that, when he's telling us to remember where we've been and remember who we are, and he's saying, if you just, he went through a list of things that he feels like we need to grow in, in increasing measure, not just once or twice, but consistently. It's something through the rest of our lives that we need to grow in. And he says, if you can continue to do these things, he says, you will never stumble. Now, that doesn't sound like that's realistic, but this is what Peter is telling us if we can grow in those areas. And I trust, I trust what God is saying here. And I believe that that's real, and we need to believe that that's real. Peter says, if you want to be happy in this brief time that you have on this earth, if you want to, when your time is up on this earth, when you, if you want to make it to heaven, I need you to do these things. And do them in increasing measure. What does that look like for you? When we went through those different things, is it, is it godliness that's your, your biggest struggle? Is it, is it perseverance? Is it self-control? What is it for you that you just need to go after? With everything you've got, you just need to go after it. You need to get help, you need to throw pride away and just really figure out how am I going to tackle this area in my life so that I can grow closer to God so that I can continue to grow in my walk with God and continue to grow as close as I can in my walk. God made some, some as the scriptures say, some very great and precious promises for us so that through these promises we can participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of this world. If you look at, if you look at the world that we're living in right now, that almost seems impossible. And so this is why God is telling us, you're not just going to grow in this one time and you've arrived. You've got to grow in this and continuously grow in this and never stop growing in this because this world that we live in is going to become evil and more evil and even more evil. And we're witnessing that today. 
And so that's something that we have to look at and see what his plan is and why he's asking us to do these different things for him. God made these promises, but you've got to believe them. Do you believe these promises for God? God says that if you make every effort to confirm your calling, if you make every effort to change and grow in Him and increase in measure, you'll never stumble. Are you ready to go after this calling? That's a real question. Are you ready for that? I don't know how long we've been around, but today, are you ready for this calling? Are you ready to change and to grow? Do you feel like I've already grown in this area? Or do you understand how much more you can grow? Are you like that picture where Madison is in front of this WNBA player from Liberty and realizes I've grown so much and yet I've got this much more to grow? I haven't arrived yet. Are you ready to grow and increase in Madison? Do you believe God? Do you trust Him? Do you believe that God is in control? Think about the, the toughest time you have to go through. Did you or do you believe that God is in control? Do you believe that He has your back no matter what? Do you believe that He wants only the best for you in your life? Do you believe that God wants you to live life and life to the full? Do you believe those words that you've read in the Bible yourself? Do you really believe that? Do you believe the Gospel? When you read the Gospel, do you believe it? That this perfect man, God in the flesh, walked this earth, a perfect example of what righteousness is on this earth. Righteousness today, what it means to change and grow for God. Because he loved God so much, and he knew how much God loved him first. This man showed us what it means to live with great faith. Didn't see a lot of the things that God talked about, but trust that God was true, that his promises were true. Do we believe that? Do we believe that this man, he walked this earth, and he showed us what goodness is, and he showed us what knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and affection and love, that he lived his life for us, to the point of death. Then he rose from the dead to keep the promises of God. Do you believe that? Because that's the faith that we live in as Christians and as disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the word. And the more we feed off of the word of God, the more we grow in increasing measure. I want to show a, a video Right now, this is a video, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist Propaganda. Um, just has some, some great stuff where he talks about the gospel and what does the gospel mean. And so I wanted to take a look at this brief video and then we're going to talk about a few more things.
sin and death in. Clearly, since the only one that can meet God's criteria is God, God sent himself as Jesus to pay the cost for us. His righteousness, his death, functions as faith. Yes, Payment. Roll a check with his life, but at the resurrection we all cheer, cause that means the check pierced feet, pierced hands, blood stains son of man. Fullness forgiveness repasses into the promised land. That same breath that God breathed into us, God gave up to redeem us. And anyone and everyone, and by everyone I mean everyone, who puts their faith and trust in him, and him alone can stand in full confidence of God's forgiveness. And here's what the promise is, that you are guaranteed full access to return to perfect unity by simply believing in Christ through Christ alone. You are receiving life. Yes. Once you were not a people, 
but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter had to remind everyone who they were. And I think sometimes we need to remember who we are. That we are, we're royalty. That out of the billions of people on this earth, God chose you. And you need to be clear about that. And it was not a mistake by any means. Peter has to remind the disciples of this. You belong to the King of Kings. You belong to the Creator of the universe and everything that's in it. You, have, you need to understand that of everything that the Lord has created in this universe, He considers you His special possession. He chose you in this dark, dark world to be the light. He suddenly chose you specifically. And He expects you to grow in your faith and in your relationship with Him in increasing measure because He knows clearly where this world is going. He expects you to grow in your personal and professional lives. He expects you not to settle. Where are you today in your professional life? How's your job? Or how's your business? Are you working? How's that going for you? If you're not working, are you doing, are you making every effort to be employed? Or are you complacent with where you are? Are you feeling challenged to get up there and say, I need to, to step my game up in this area of my life? You know, some of us, um, and, and I, many of you know before, where I am now with the Department of Education, I used to work for Phipps Community Development Corporation, now called Phipps Neighborhood. And I was the director of the Workforce Development Program. And one of the things that I oversaw, oversaw there was their WEA program. And I would speak to people who were second and third generation welfare recipients and were completely comfortable with that. And so my job was to now help them to understand how to put together an amazing resume that clearly shows what they've done, whether they were in jail or not, like all of that, we just have to kind of talk through these things. I had to give them interviewing skills so that they can walk into an interview confident in themselves and being able to explain themselves and be able to talk to someone else. And have people that said, why are you wasting your time? The city's going to pay my rent. They're going to pay my gas. They're going to pay my electric. They're going to pay for my food. Why on earth am I going to get up and get a job? Like, you're wasting your time with me, Mr. Mario. And sometimes, spiritually, we can get that comfortable as well. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can go there where you're just like, look, somebody's trying to disciple you on an issue and you're looking at them like, why are you wasting your time? Yet God calls us not only to grow, but to grow in increasing measure. And that's something that we have to look at, even in our personal lives. How are we in that area? You know, are, we, are, we, are we looking at doing well in our jobs? Are we looking at growing in our jobs? Have you been in the same position for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years? Are you looking to grow in your career? How is it with you as far as your finances? 
I know, you know I saw some Christians don't talk about my money. I understand that, but I think we need to talk about your money. How are you with your finances? How is that going for you? If you're always broke, what are you doing about that? Are you getting help? You know that there are plenty of brothers and sisters right here in the Bronx where that's their job to help other people with their finances. And they will gladly sit down with you for free, I'm assuming, for free, and help you through your finances. Do you want it? Are you going after it? Are you comfortable with where you are, where you are at financially? What are you doing to improve your situation? I challenge anyone who's going through troubles financially today to get with someone this week. Humble out and just say, hey, can you help me? And if you need to know who are these people that can help you, definitely, if you want to pull me aside, uh, there, there are people right here, sitting right in this room right now, that will gladly help you. Uh, but we have to have the conviction that we want to grow, and we want to grow in increasing measure in this area of our lives. Get advice, uh, be ready to change and to grow in this area. What are your relationships like? Do you have any best friends right here in the kingdom? Are your closest friends, your co-workers, or your neighbors, how's that going? Like, are they, are they helping you to grow closer to God? Sometimes that might be the case. Most of the time, I know that that's not the situation. How's that working with you? Are they helping you to grow closer? Can you, can you name three people, two people? Can you name one person that you consistently talk to and open up about where you are in your life with everything? Everything. If that answer is no, this is an area we've got to grow in. And not just one time, but this is something you've got to grow in in increasing measure. As ministries change and grow, as Bible talks change and grow, where people come and go, you need to be able to say, I am open with my life, I'm getting help with my life. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, the even more ugly, like, we, like you've got to be at that point where you're saying, Satan's not going to win this battle. And you've got to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're growing in increasing measure. Are you getting disciple? Do you have a, as we call it, a discipling partner? That became a bad word all of a sudden, right? I think it's crucial if you feel like you're going to make it. That you have, you can call them whatever you want to call them. But whatever that name is, make sure you get one of them. And if you do not, if you're sitting here today and you have nobody in your life, here's another challenge I'm going to throw out there. This week, get somebody and say, hey, can we get together? You know, are you free on Sundays? Can we get together Thursday night? Can we, like, I need help. Even if you feel like, you know what, I'm in a good place spiritually. Even more reason, find somebody this week and say, this, this is who I'm going to get with. This is someone who's going to help me. I'm going to be completely open with where I am in my life. It might be so embarrassing. You might think so. And then you realize they probably would be far worse than you. And they just, they just love you. And they just wanted to do whatever it takes to help you to meet with God. Amen? Amen. How's your dating life going? Uh -huh. oh. 
you know, the last time, the last time I got to talk to a single ministry, and I put out this whole dating challenge, and there are people that didn't take it so well. Um, it's something we got to talk about, especially here in the Bronx. That the Bronx singles ministry has, it looks different today than, than when I remember when I was a single guy. Um, I just remember that as a single person that I wanted, I was, I was encouraged to go out and encourage other sisters. There was a group of us that constantly talked about it all the time. And it wasn't, oh, she's cute, so I'm going to ask her, or oh, she's not, I'm not going to ask her. I didn't hear a single sister saying, oh, he's, you know, he's always broke, I'm not coming out with a big I, I wasn't. I'm going to tell you, though, I hear that today. And it's a sad place to be as a ministry. So I want to encourage you to really think about this and think about our dating relationships. You know, relationships and purity are the number one and two things, why, reasons why we lose people in this church. But people walk away from God. Those are, and, they, and they normally go hand in hand. And so it's something that we've got to be honest with ourselves about. You know, if you feel like I'm going to be fine if I never date, my purity is going to be okay, you're only lying to yourself. And so it's something that we, we've got to attack this area in our life. And so all I'm saying is, as my brother's keeper, knowing that in pure relationships, snatch brothers and sisters away from God, knowing that I want to date as much as I possibly can. For me, and because I'm looking out for my sister. And so I want us to, to think about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to encourage my brothers to start asking sisters out on dates. Not the one that you think is cute. I'm talking about all the... I was talking with John, I understand that the ratio here is something like one brother to four or five sisters. That's unheard of. But that is what it is, right? That's where we're at. And so, brothers, I'm asking you to step up and to ask sisters on a date. Sisters, look, you've got, you've got four other boroughs and other cities nearby with some brothers that are amazing. I'm just saying, right? But right here, we can take care of our own. And so I'm encouraging all of our brothers to, to make sure that that's something that we're, that we're doing, that we're, we're excited about encouraging our sisters. We're excited about, about making sure that, that our sisters, that, that we are part of the reason why they remain pure. Um, I understand, and you know, there are, there are different reasons, and I can't say I understand. There are reasons and excuses that I've been told why we don't date. And so I want to encourage us to just get past that. Brothers, if you don't understand how important dating is for you spiritually, um, and this is a very serious thing, pull me aside and let's talk. I want to say, I, as, as, your, as my brother's keeper, if, if you just don't get it, I'm going to do everything I can to help you to understand how crucial it is not only for you, but for this ministry as a whole. And so I'm going to go out there again. And I'm going to challenge and encourage every single brother here in the Bronx. This month, you're going to ask the sister out on a date. Every single brother. There is absolutely zero reasons why you would not. If it's that sister that you're building with, 
and you're about to ask her to be your girlfriend, well then ask her out on a date, and don't just assume that that's going to happen. Sisters, I'm going to ask you and encourage you to accept that date. No more excuses of why you can't. Your favorite show is coming on that night. I, I gotta get my hair done. Whatever, like, it, it kind of goes both ways, right? And so I'm gonna encourage our sisters to make sure that you're helping our brothers in their relationships. You're helping our brothers in their purity. You're helping each other to make it to heaven. So I'm gonna ask you to, as well to say yes to that day. And I want us to do this in increasing measure. Brother can't say, look, I asked out on a date, check, I'm done. Sister can't say, you know what, I said yes to him. This is something I want to encourage us to do in increasing measure. You know, many of us struggle with wanting to have a boo, right? We want, we want a boyfriend, we want a girlfriend, we want to get married. You know you got to go on a date first, right? I think I, I want us to understand that. And part of that is building that friendship and really helping each other through our walk with God in this area of our life. And so I want to encourage you. Sometimes I feel like we're, we're not comfortable talking about this. And it needs to be something that we just talk about all the time. Uh, and understand clearly why. Amen? Um, I got two amen. Amen, guys? <laughs> we could do this. We definitely do this. Um, I want to... I want to encourage us to just, um, you know, when we talk about dating, just sometimes I hear finances is the issue. You know, I remember my brother that was like, look, we going on a date, I'm going on a walk in the park, in Central Park, and we're going to have a time with our life. And he would just do everything he can to encourage the mess out of that sister. Sister, don't be looking at him like, she better not be asking. You, it's, this, is, this is the problem. <laughs> And so we make sure that we're there for each other. But, you know, if we need to, brothers, if we need some creative ideas, I just remember going on double dates, triple dates, quadruple dates. I just remember having mega dates at my house and other people's houses. And that was the norm. And so I want to encourage us to get back to that. Where we're excited about being around each other and these friendships that we're building in that way and being able to do it. It doesn't have to be super expensive. You don't have to, you know, take out a loan to ask somebody out on a date. We can do this. Let's talk about it. If you need ideas, I, I'm glad. I, look, look, the encouragement continues. I remember going on dates with sister and then looking for them that next day and Saturday because I had that card with some encouraging words and I wanted to make sure that she felt special. And then I remember giving her the card and she was like, hold on, hold on. And all of a sudden, I saw a plate of cookies freshly baked. And I was like, this is why I date in God's name. But it was just the little things that I still have, I still have cards and like little gifts today. I didn't, Marcia and I have been married 13 years. I still have some of the little gifts from when we were just, we were just friends, just dating. And I have this ass and stuff sitting up in my office on my desk. And to this day, because it just it encouraged me that much. Yeah, you have no idea how much you can really do for someone. You don't know where they're at. You can't say, well, look, he looks like he's struggling. So I'm not going to go on and say, well, she looks like she's been, she's been crying every Sunday. They always crying. I don't know if I like, you be a part of the reason why 
is going to do better than you go walk with God. It's just that small part will do so much. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. How's your, how's your purity? Are we talking about this? Do you, can we say that anymore? Like, I, you better. You understand? That's the, the number one killer in this church. Purity, purity relationships. I'm trying to tell you, it's something we've got to get comfortable with talking about. That's why I ask you, is anyone discipling you? Do you have a disciple partner? I mean, I have, and again, let's not get legalistic about this, right? So, I have some great friends. I, you know, Keith March, Selenix Martin, they're in Texas. And we talk constantly. Franco has been in Philadelphia forever. We talk constantly. I just have friends that, and I'll be reading, you know, Cedric Hawkins, one of my best friends. Paul Harrell, one of my best friends. Like, like there are people that I feel like, I'm a, I got that, that small group where I, if I need to go deep, dark, dirty, embarrassing, ugly, I'm going to do it. And I know that I can talk to them about it. Yeah, I know you can't talk to everybody. But you've got to have somebody that you're talking about. And you've got to be willing. Don't think, man, I'm just, I'm just disgusting. There's nothing much you can say, if at all, that someone else has, hasn't heard of before, or maybe not have done themselves. So, like, we got to get past that embarrassment part and that pride and, that, and just get open about our purity. Let's talk about it. We have to talk about it. Um, study it out. Figure, you know, when I don't know what to study, have you ever got to come where you, you're, you're forcing yourself to have your quiet times or reading times? You have no clue what's, where to turn that Bible. I would go to Google. I would Google purity. I would see 52 verses on purity, and I would study those 52 verses out. Whatever it takes. Hey, are you studying out anything? What are you talking about? Hey, can I talk to you about this? I am struggling at work. Ladies, you, you can't tell me that every time that that guy hits on you, that you're just like, I'm super spiritual, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. You've got to talk about it. Fellas, you know that, that girl keeps wearing that stuff or not wearing that stuff, and, and you know, I'm so, look, I have my cards, I'm on good. No, you're not. And so we need to be honest and talk about purity. Be gut level honest. Talk about where you are. Talk about what you're struggling. Talk about your thoughts. Were you on the internet again? Talk about it. What, what, what are you struggling with? And not feeling like, man, this is just too embarrassing. My, your salvation is worth the embarrassment. And so we need to get past that. Amen? Amen. This is an area in our lives that could bring us much joy. And we can start having so much fun and it makes the kingdom attractive. I, I'm curious when you talk to your friends and your co-workers, like, what do you say about this part in your life? Hey, what are you, what are you doing this Saturday? Nothing. Next week. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. Next week. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. Today you ain't even stand off the devotion. Hey, that's good. What are you doing tomorrow? Nothing. Why not? I, if I knew you, and you said that to me, I wouldn't want to be a part of whatever it is that you're a part of. And we've got to understand that like God calls us as a part of our roles to make the kingdom attractive. Now, I'm not saying go on a date so that the church can look good. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, though, that even dating, 
is an area in your life, it's a tool that God gives you to reach out to people. My friend went on double and triple and quadruple dates with me. I would say, I would, it would be me, me and my date, Cedric and his date, Willie Bernard is in his date, and then my next door neighbor in his date, and his friend in his date, and we would go out. And then they're like, and then we, and then it opened up the doors for discussion, right? So I, I remember one time, Willie Bernardis and I, we took two sisters out from Staten Island. And I said, listen, we're going to go out there and pick them up, and then we're going to have our day in Manhattan. So my friend, my, one of my friends since, you know, first grade, you going out to Staten Island? Yeah, I got to pick her up. She knows the address. Why can't she just meet you there? I, I got to don't worry about it. I meet them there, and we go pick up our date, we go to the ferry, we go there, we go on the ferry, come back to Manhattan, we meet everybody, we go on our date, and then I'm like, all right, you know, the time is on, hey, I gotta, we gotta make sure we take them back home. You doing what? <laughs> you, I'm oh sorry, you live in Co-op City in the Bronx. You telling me you're gonna go to Saturday night and make them back home. Yeah, I gotta make sure that she gets home safe. That's your girl? No. But that's about to be your girl, right? No. Oh, I know. So tonight, you gonna no? What do you mean, no? Are you crazy? You going all the way out there? No, no, nothing. No. And now it started conversations about being spiritual men, right? And and what it means to be a Christian man. And started conversations. I remember starting conversations with my little cousin, but she was just like, that just doesn't make sense to me. And this is a woman talking to me. Like, Amara, you know, she's a Christian today. Things are there was this conviction as well. Use this as another area in your life where God is saying, you're going to bring people to me. Use this as another area in your life where you're going to say, what God is saying, you're going to keep people faithful, including yourself, because of this tool, this relationship, this friendship, this way, this thing we call dating. And so I want to just encourage us to, to make sure that that we do that. And you know, so on that line, there's, a, there's another video that I want to show you. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, this sister, Genetics. And she talks about dating, well, she's married now, um, but she talks about dating a lot. And so she did a poem called I Will Wait for You, which is intense, and I want to show that to you. Oh, virgin in the 
physical, but mentally just a grown woman on the corner and he was tired of the weight. So I was going to make him the one. He had a form of godliness, but not much. Reflect. 
sun. If I were to explain what you look like, you would have to look like a star, a son of the sun. I would gain energy simply from the light that you shine on me. I would need you in order to complete my photosynthesis. I await your revelation, but once again from the Genesis, I will wait for you. And I will know you. Because when you speak, I will be reminded of Solomon's wisdom. Your ability to lead will remind me of Moses. Your faith will remind me of Abraham. Your confidence in God's word will remind me of Daniel. Your inspiration will remind me of Paul. Your heart for God will remind me of David. Your attention to detail will remind me of Noah. Your integrity will remind me of Joseph. And your ability to abandon your own will remind me of the disciples. But your ability to love selflessly and unconditionally will remind me of Christ. or any special marks because this word will be padded all over your heart. And you will know me and you will find me where the boldness of Esther meets the warm closeness of Ruth with the hospitality of Lydia is aligned with the submission of Mary which is engulfed in the tears of a praying Hannah. I will be the one in Proverbs 31, waiting for you. But to my father, my father who has known me before I was birthed into this earth, only if you should see fit. I desire your will above mine, so even if you call me to a life of singleness, my heart is content with you, the one who has sinned. You are the greatest love story ever told, the greatest love ever known. You are forever my judge and I'm forever your witness. And I pray that I'm always about my father's business. I will always be yours. And I will always wait for you, Lord. More than the watchman waits for the morning. More than the watchman waits for the morning. I will wait. So I want to wrap up here with just, uh, again, I, I want to encourage our singles ministries. Uh, that sometimes we can look at change and we can look at growth and we can be intimidated and it can make us nervous and it can push us away. Uh, I want to encourage you to embrace it. Understanding that this is what God wants for you. That this is what God is calling you to do. That God wants you to grow and grow and He wants you to do it in increasing measure. And it's going to take some uncomfortable talks and it's going to take some uncomfortable moments, but heaven is worth it. And so I want to encourage us to look at the bigger picture and do whatever it takes so that not only can, can you make it, but you can bring as many people with you at the end of the day. Amen? Thank you guys for having me tonight. I hope you guys have a great night. Thank you.